Coaches Chat. I'm your host, Betsy Foster, personal trainer for over 12 years. I started on a completely different career path and headed into personal training with just a piece of paper that said I could do it. I learned along the way, building a successful personal training career in commercial gyms, privately and remotely. And now I'm here to help you, whether you're a new grad, a career changer, or somebody who's already a pro just looking to get better. I'm sharing what I know, the stuff the textbooks didn't teach you, and bringing on other colleagues to share their experiences. And I'm doing it with compassion, big smiles, and a lot less bravado than you've come to know in the fitness industry. I'm happy you're here. Let's get going. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Coaches Chat. Betsy here. If you are listening to this episode the day it comes out, um, I have been a little delayed on getting episodes out. And I have to say that it's because I've recorded a few and I just haven't been happy with them. I don't know what it is. It's been something about like trying to take big topics and get all the information out. For some reason, I haven't had that sort of like, um, I wouldn't call it like writer's block because I've had ideas. The ideas were just too, too big for individual episodes, something like that. So it's, it stalled me a little bit, but I'm back and we are running toward episode 100. Um, we're pretty close there. So, Let's get into this episode. Um, I decided to share with you my trainer origin story. If you are a longtime listener, I've shared this story in various um, bits and pieces as we went through. Um, my very first episode sort of goes into my whole story as coming into a trainer, but that was a long time ago. Now, now three, wait, two years. I think the podcast started two years ago. Um, so it's been a while since I covered that, but also the point of covering this one today was a little bit in kind of sending an important message. And that is you don't have to come from a traditional career path if you want to be a personal trainer. I have spoken to many people on this podcast, interviewing them, many of my colleagues over the years, and people have taken various routes to becoming full-time personal trainers. And so there is merit in having done different things before you arrived at personal training, and there's merit in different life experiences that you bring to personal training, and there's merit to not knowing what you want to do at age 18. If you've listened to these interviews, you've heard that. You've heard that people didn't know to study exercise science at age 18 because they didn't know that personal training was going to be a career option, that they would be the right fit for it, because there's there's not a great understanding of what personal training is. And if we really think about it, uh, about relating to humans, creating relationships, as well as helping someone reach a goal, that isn't necessarily inherent in how people market or advertise exercise science as a degree. Particularly, we think about it in terms of, you know, sports science. We think about people working in professional athletics. 
We think about those who are going to go on to careers in physical therapy or athletic training, things like that. So it's not necessarily clear at 18. And some of the greatest trainers I've worked with did not know at 18 that they were going to be a personal trainer and had careers before that, have different undergraduate degrees, um, all of that. So I thought I'd share a little bit of my story to sort of reiterate that lesson and to encourage those who may be on the fence, who may be maybe trainers now, but there's a there's an element of self-doubt wrapped up in the fact that you are a career changer or you came to this later in life. I want to assure you that these different paths, these different beginnings help us as trainers and add really almost intangibles to the way we coach others. So another reason, another reason that this one came up for me was these young guys at the gym. Um, I call them now my two favorite people at the gym. They came up to me and they were like, uh, what did you, what did you play in college? Were you, did you run track or did you do soccer? And I was like, I'm sure I turned beet red. I thought this is the greatest moment of my life. Please save this soundbite to tell my husband later, to tell my, uh, to tell my rec soccer team that I was on in New York. I was so embarrassingly like they had to have two girls on the team. So they asked me to do it, but I was so bad. Um, in that moment, I was like, Yes. And then just the, uh, the, the little glow that came from like, I have, um, this, I look like I have this athlete level of athleticism that, that shows you what, um, what looks don't always tell you. But so they asked me that and I clearly, or I very much did not play a lot of sports. I swam as a, as a, middle schooler, but I didn't swim for very long. I I felt like I was pretty decent at it at the time, but I didn't really give it a lot because I was into theater. I was into dance. And so my background in movement was in dance. Um, And I was a very two left feet kid. And my mom uh, helped me. She videotaped like the choreographers. She videotaped the dance teachers and I practiced and practiced. And I did end up getting pretty comfortable dancing. And I was really drawn to movement. I was drawn to movement from a young age, but it was also all about expression. I wasn't, I would not say I was a very competitive kid in terms of game. I mean, I don't, to this day, if you ask me to a game night, I, if I said yes, it's because I don't know you well enough and I feel obligated. And if I said no, it's because yes, I never want to play games with you. Um, I just do not like game nights. I will happily go to the game night and sit around and like converse. I just don't want to play the game. Um, and similarly, I was not all that into sports. A little bit. I think probably for that game reason, and this is funny because I love watching sports and I take on, I take on the wins and losses as if they're my own, but that's another story. But from a physical standpoint, it was a little bit more about creation for me. It was about, um, you know, performing. I, I liked that in a lot of ways and I really craved movement. And so when I was, when I did the swimming, I really liked it because of the movement, but not necessarily because of the sport. Um, I 
my body just tends to really get a lot of energy from movement. I can't go too long without sort of some kind of exercise. So dance was sort of the background that I had growing up in movement. Um, I went to college for theater, took a lot of dance classes. I um, was a teaching assistant for for dance classes. Um, my husband actually took a dance class so that um, you know, he could get closer to me, uh, which is a very sweet story. I hope he doesn't mind me sharing that on my podcast. Um, I didn't ask permission. I'll ask permission before I produce. Um, but it was, you know, that's what I did. That's the kind of movement I did. So I was not a person who was familiar with the locker room. I never, um, I went to an arts high school, so I never had to take gym class. We didn't have it. It wasn't covered. Um, I, I just didn't have that sort of sports background, physical background, and I hadn't spent time in a gym. Then fast forward college, I went to um, one of the summers in between my freshman and sophomore year, I went to do a summer stock show where I was hired as primarily a dancer. So I worked with a dance company within this big show. And we rehearsed a lot. We took classes really regularly. So every day you had a ballet class. Every day you had a jazz class. And you went to like hours of rehearsal. And then you performed in the evening. And it was kind of a slog. And then once we got into our performances, we would all also go to the gym beforehand. That was really my first experience kind of regularly being in a gym. Other than my freshman year of college, I like went and used a treadmill sometimes. Um, and I would cut out those like, uh, women's health, like circuits from the magazine. I do them sometimes, but it wasn't really frequent. So I went and did this in the summer. And this is where I would say I distinctly learned that I didn't want to be a professional performer. I didn't really jive in a lot of ways with many of the people there. And that was just because I think we had different priorities. The, Body obsession and um, an eating disorder or disordered eating was pretty rampant. Um, and that was a really hard thing for me to deal with. And I wasn't treating my body very well in that time. And it was it was in a way that I was like trying to act out in in the sort of frustration with how people were so consumed with how they look. And I, I was at a, a pretty a pretty low point because I was so beaten up by this sort of culture of how people saw their bodies. And I hadn't really experienced that much in the dance world previously because I'd, I'd performed with a lot of, you know, it was way more recreational. It was not professional. So in this professional setting, the value being placed on physical appearance was really hard for me to sit with. And I, I, I say this a lot, and I'm not sure how I was blessed in this way, but I've always been a person who kind of has those red flags. I can see those red flags when it comes to body image stuff, when it comes to the way we talk about food and bodies. It's been natural, and I think a lot of that is instilled by my um, parents. But I just, I could tell that it wasn't a right fit, and I could tell that people were going to live their whole lives in this profession being judged on the way they look which is an interesting thing when I get to talk about training 
coming up here in the future. But so that, that was like a moment where I said, I don't think this is what I want. I don't like this enough. I don't, I don't relate to this kind of pressure. I was so mean that summer. Um, my mom could probably tell you if she's listening right now. Um, I was just like nasty and short and unhappy. And it, and it was really because I was having this sort of moment where all my life I'd thought I'd be going on this track. And I knew in that moment that this wasn't it. This wasn't it. So it was a hard reality for a 19 year old who'd spent, you know, I started doing like plays and theater when I was six. I went to a performing arts middle school. I went to a performing arts high school. I went to college for the performing arts. Like that was where I was going. Took it very seriously. Got a lot of really good feedback. Definitely could have been something I did. And I opted. That changed things for me. So, you know, I finished my degree and everything and had a lot of fun. But I deep down knew that that wasn't going to be the path. So then throughout college, I worked out a lot. Um, my, I have told this story before on this podcast, but the gym at my tiny liberal arts college had the worst hours in the world. So I went and got a, a second gym membership so that I'd had enough time. And I don't know what it was. It wasn't necessary. It wasn't about punishing myself in the gym. It never has been for me, which I have to admit is not necessarily always the case for most people. Something innately in me felt like I want to be in there. Now I didn't know a lot, but I wanted to move. I wanted to sweat. Um, my former Instagram name, my personal Instagram name, RIP, was Bet's Sweats because I really did sweat a lot. Um, and so the gym was always a place that felt really comfortable to me. So all that being said is I got a degree not in exercise science, had zero understanding that I was going to become a personal trainer. Fast forward to an internship after college, I was at my like lowest in terms of caring for myself in movement. I really did not fit a lot of movement in and I was frustrated about that. I signed up for a half marathon because I thought this is something that I can have a goal to work toward. I didn't run. I never ran. Um, this was probably like such an irrational thing to do, but that's the kind I, I like, you know, I say I'm going to do, I, I like big ideas and then I go for it. They don't always pan out, but this one did. And it did slowly. I mean, I was slow and I was probably, I had a probably really crappy training program that I had like piece together from different magazines. And I, you know, I didn't do the Michael Scott from the office carbo loading, but I certainly didn't have my nutrition dialed in in a way that would support my performance because I was just like working to this big thing. I ran that race and all of a sudden it was like, oh, that's what I needed. I needed a goal. I needed to accomplish that goal and I needed to physically be moving. Do you think that I could be a personal trainer? I asked myself that. Again, I didn't know anything about what a personal trainer is. I actually watched from like a treadmill at the gym that I went to. I watched some personal trainers and I couldn't even kind of tell what they were doing because they're just like standing there. But it looks like they're helping people 
get to their goals. But again, truly didn't understand it. I went online. I took out a credit card um, that only had the, <laughs> that like my, because I was not making a lot of money. It, the limit on the credit card was the amount for the personal train, the at home study personal training certification. I took that. You did chapter tests every time, and then you had like a take-home exam. It wasn't even one that you went into a testing center for. And the whole time I was like, you know, I'm doing this. I'm getting good grades on the quiz. But I, I have to say, like, I didn't quite understand still. I got some of the concepts, but I was learning this whole new thing all at once. Um, I got certified as a personal trainer and I was still kind of existing in this world outside of training. And I will say, I also, if it, if you were to have a, an image of a personal trainer in your mind, I didn't necessarily fit that visual image, which is also a big reason why I do personal training, because I truly believe there's nothing about your own body that has to be your billboard that has to communicate that. But in that beginning, I wasn't sure about that. And I was, I was unclear about whether or not anyone would take me seriously. Um, I'm a real advocate for body diversity and training. Um, I'm a, a real advocate for body neutrality as well as body love and, and showing up strong and capable like you are. Um, but in that moment, I wasn't sure I was too nervous. I'd like read the things, but I didn't really know what to do. And again, if you've listened to this podcast, any of these episodes where I've brought guests on, so many of them have said that same thing. I got this certification and I did not know what to do next. So for two years, I did nothing with my personal training certification, um, which was just, was a sad is sad to me now and is something I wish that people, you know, is, is why I do what I do now is to help people like, oh, no, no, I can get you. I can take that stuff that wasn't clear in the textbook and help you make this a reality because there are people that need your help and there are people who could really benefit from working with you. We just need to get you up to speed and be able to sort of connect the dots. So for two years, I didn't do that. Um, and then all of a sudden I was like, I'm going to try to be a personal trainer. There are a lot of gyms in New York. And so I went on to do that. And I've told the story a little bit about how like I applied one place and they were pushing supplements and I said, nah, and then I'll like try one more spot. It's a very highly like regarded gym. I don't know if I'll get that job. And I did. And the rest is kind of history. Now, over a decade later, I am so confident in what I know. I can always learn more, but I am so confident as a personal trainer. I have trained a lot of people with a lot of different goals, with a lot of previous injuries that we have either overcome or worked around, tons of huge milestones, and most importantly, people living more fully, more satisfied, more proud of who they are, what they can do with their bodies and how they live in their bodies every day. And to think that I had to, that I would be here 
many moons ago when I had no idea this was even a job. Think of the sort of disservice if I hadn't followed through on that because I didn't have that sort of typical career trajectory. I didn't have an exercise science undergraduate background. I went on to get a graduate degree in human performance, in exercise science, because I found this later. Because I I felt like, okay, I've got to know more. Because right away, I felt like this was the right thing to be doing. It's been in so many ways a dream job. And I'm not going to say that there aren't really hard things or really frustrating things about being a personal trainer. But all of the things that I did prior to becoming a personal trainer, prior to studying exercise science, helped me. I, I say all the time, like, I think arts education is so important because we, with arts education, you learn about empathy. You learn about how people communicate. You learn about different ways that people communicate. You learn about listening. A lot of that are, is a lot of that I have taken into what I do in in all the little things that I have, that have led me here, I bring them to my clients in the same way that like many of my clients didn't play sports or didn't play sports at a high enough level to connect with some of the, that mentality that a lot of like strength and conditioning coaches in, that come from sort of high school or college settings have. I have a very personal recreational fitness background that while I know and have learned all that high performance stuff, I'm able to connect on a psychological, from a psychological perspective that allows an entry point for people, what I call the everyday athlete. So the person who wants to feel strong and capable in their day to day. And I just think that's like so, so, so important. And I think that sometimes in leadership roles in the fitness industry, we want so much to legitimize ourselves that we sometimes knock those who haven't come from that really, you know, straightforward path of I studied exercise science, I got a CPT, I went to become a personal trainer. Maybe I did a training internship as part of my undergrad. That's a great path. It's also just not the same path that everyone is going to take. And in a lot of ways, I have experienced a lot of students coming out of undergrad with exercise science degrees who never learned applied techniques, who know tons about the science of exercise and don't know how to use it with people because that's not the focus of these degree programs. So they're still in that same place. They're, they have things to learn too. So I just want to encourage you, no matter how old you are, no matter where you are in your career journey, there is likely a place for you if you're willing to learn, if you're willing to help people, if you're willing to go beyond what people typically do and and focus on how you can take all of your previous experiences and bring them to personal training and provide for your clients. It's about 
honestly changing lives. We used to joke about that. Um, at my first training job, they would like, everybody would go, all right, I'm going out to change some lives. But I truly believe that is, there's a big part of what we do that is that. And when you, when you cut yourself short because you don't think you belong, whether it be because of your background, whether it be because of what your body looks like, whether it be because of what your abilities are, I think you you sort of take away from someone who could really benefit from you. That's my message. So if, if you were on the fence or if you were feeling the imposter syndrome, realize that you belong, that there's a place for you, and that um, everybody's unique and individual journey is going to help them be a great personal trainer, to be a great coach. All right, um, that's all I have for you today. I'd love to hear about your story, how you got started. Um, we're going to have some more interviews coming up really soon. I'm excited about that. That's enough of me taking your time. Go do amazing things. Thank you as always. And until next time, bye.